I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Today, we're continuing our coverage of the Caldor Fire in the Lake Tahoe region. On Monday, South Lake Tahoe completed an unprecedented citywide evacuation, and on Tuesday, the Caldor Fire pushed fully into the Tahoe Basin as residential neighborhoods continue to be threatened. Firefighter crews have built fire breaks that kept flames from reaching neighborhoods from Myers to South Lake Tahoe. Before evacuees, the uncertainty and anxiety loomed. Tuesday was a quieter day in the region compared to the gridlock traffic we witnessed on Monday, and so we had a chance to touch base with three people who had to evacuate and move into temporary housing while they await news of their beloved homes. I spoke to one woman, Amy, by phone. She was in a campground, and she shared what she was feeling a day after leaving her house. I'm feeling really worried that this is going to destroy our town. When before I didn't think that at all. And in the last 24 hours, I've had a major reprieve just by leaving the smoke and the chaos and the ash that comes down like snow, just by relocating to a campground in Virginia City. And there's clear air to breathe and blue skies. And so I have had some, you know, good feelings the last 24 hours, but the situation keeps changing and each minute it gets more dire. I also spoke to a woman we'll call Mary. She prefers to not identify herself for security reasons. She's lived in the Tahoe area since 2005. Even though she's braced herself for fire evacuations in recent years, she says this evacuation still feels surreal. And I spoke with Kenny Kurtzweiler. He's lived in Tahoe for over four decades. He's already lived through 2007's Angora fire that hit the region. And he shares with me what has felt different about this year's fire season and what the Tahoe community means to him. Let's start with Mary, who spoke to me from the hotel room where she, her husband, and her pets are staying. I wonder if we can start here. Can you share how you're feeling right now and where are you situated at the moment? So we evacuated yesterday and we are in Davis, California. And we just got here last night and kind of have been trying to settle in today. We're in a hotel. And we have our pets. And so just feeling a little scattered, um, a little sad, and a, a little worried. Of course, yes. You mentioned the smoke. Can you describe what you saw, felt, and experienced in the days leading up to the evacuation? Sure. Um, so the, the day that actually that the Caldor fire started, I had been looking forward to that day. It was, I think it was a Tuesday. Um, I was watching the weather and we had been getting a lot of smoke from the Tamarack fire Mm -hmm. and that, that Tuesday it was supposed to clear and I was just really looking forward to it so I could go for a hike and do some things outside. And I went out in the morning and there was the big stream of smoke uh, across the sky from the Caldor fire. And then after that day, about two weeks ago now, it's just been really smoky, really terrible air quality almost every single day. And, um, we don't have air conditioning. Most people don't in Tahoe. And so in the summer we can just open our windows and let the breeze through. But with the smoke, we had to keep everything closed and run some portable air filters that we have, but it was just, uh, kind of stifling. So many of us saw the scenes of gridlock traffic and drivers trying to leave the area. What did the evacuation process look like for you and your family? Well, um, my kids are grown up, so it's just my husband and myself and our pets. 
we have keep go bags packed all the time now. And so if we had to, we could leave our house in five minutes. We could have that kind of down pat, but we were not yet under mandatory evacuation. And so we took about four hours to kind of walk around our house, double check all the um, defensible space outside, um, kind of clean up our house and, and pack a few extra things that we, that are not essential, but that we wanted like photo albums and things like that. Mm-hmm. We left about a half an hour before that big traffic jam. But when we left, they were starting to block the roads going into Tahoe. They had cones out and there were police from different police stations at every intersection. And um, it was emotional. I felt sad leaving my house and um, it was, uh, there's a lot of anxiety in the air and just intense. It was intense. How long have you been a part of the Tahoe community and what has living there meant to you? You've you've witnessed the Angora fire. You've seen how things have evolved over time. Um, we moved to Lake Tahoe in 2005 and um, we're fortunate to be able to work for ourselves so we can work from home. And we picked Lake Tahoe because we wanted to live somewhere with a, a vibrant outdoor community. We love hiking and um, skiing and we knew fires were possible, but we weren't worried about them really until a couple years ago. I think maybe that paradise fire was somewhat of a reality check. There's obviously the sadness and anxiety around potentially losing the house you've called home for so many years. Many of us are also thinking, of course, of climate change and what it means to watch the beautiful Tahoe area burn. What does it bring up for you personally? I wish that the automobile industry and the fossil fuel industry wouldn't have made it so difficult for all of us to take more significant action sooner. And I I know so many people love Tahoe, and I hope that um, this will be something that um, is the catalyst to motivate people to take more massive action and and um, industry to take more massive action to protect our climate because it has real impact on real people. And I also wonder, what does the concept of home mean to you now, especially as you potentially face the prospect of not being able to return to your house? Um, I, that's interesting. I've thought about that a lot lately. I realized just by keeping a go bag, I realized that um, home is really more uh, about people and relationships more than it is about a building, a home, a house building, or a, the environment that we live in. But um, but I want to, no matter where I live, I would want to feel uh, safe in the natural environment and not. Uh, be running from one crisis to another. Well, Mary, there's so much happening in the world right now. Let's not forget we're also still in a global pandemic. There's so many things that we're worried about. And I wonder, what is it like for you to juggle having to evacuate your home on top of everything else that's happening? You know, every day, um, my husband and I talk about this and I talk about it with my friends. We're ultimately grateful. We, you know, actually, it 
really makes my heart swell, like seeing all those police officers from all over California come into our town to help and all the firefighters from all over the West coming in to help and, and maybe even other places in the West. But w- watching the news um, with what's going on in Afghanistan, for instance, we just feel immensely grateful. We have a lot of help. We are our physical bodies and are safe and we have a lot of options with places to go and um, we feel we feel grateful. I'm so glad to hear that you and your family are safe and I sincerely hope you'll be able to return home. Thank you for chatting with me. Thank you. Mary is a Tahoe resident who, like thousands of others on Monday, evacuated her house because of the Caldor fire. After the break, I'll talk to Kenny Kurtzweiler. Kenny's house stands in Christmas Valley, the southern part of the Tahoe Basin. It's an area that remembers the 2007 Angora fire, and he shares what it's like to relive the fires again 14 years later. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Kenny Kurtzweiler has been a part of the Tahoe community for over 40 years, and he evacuated on Monday. Kenny, thanks so much for joining me. It's obviously been a hectic couple of days. How are you feeling at the moment, and where are you? Actually, I'm situated in a great location. Uh, we uh, obviously, we all had to get, uh, you know, mandatory evacuation, you know, which we all did. And we all left, and I stayed at a friend's house, uh, and now we're down in Carson City along with about half of Lake Tahoe. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be down here until they let us back in. But as far as uh, how I feel about the fire, I've, man, I've, my hat's off to, if I wore a hat, but my hat's off to uh, all the firefighters and personnel and first responders and everybody else. They have done a phenomenal job. And I live at the end of uh, Blitzen, which is the end of Christmas Valley where it came in. And uh, I understand in talking to the hotshots, now, this is unofficial, but uh, from what I understand, we didn't lose one structure in Christmas Valley. Wow. That's incredible. Everybody, everybody, y'all, that's incredible. That's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I know they have the, all these shows on, you know, the TV, you know, the incredible Dr. Pole and the incredible person, incredible Hulk and all this stuff. But we need to have one for called the, uh, the incredible firefighters. And tell me what that feels like to learn that your house at the moment is okay. Well, when I actually had to leave my house, um, I was actually crying. I wanted to stay, but my wife wanted to leave, and she would not leave without me, so I was not going to put her in harm's way. Mm. And so when I left, I mean, I built my house. Uh, every square inch has my sweat and blood on it, and I built my house to die in. Uh, I've been a resident of South Lake Tahoe for 46 years, you know, and I, I'm not going anywhere. It's a great community, and I don't normally cry. And I cried my eyes out when I left. And then when uh, my friend sent that picture of my house standing and all the firefighters were out there with their trucks, yeah, I cried again. Of course. I'm so, I cried again. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, me too. When you made that decision to leave, when was the moment that you realized, I, I just have to go? It's such a hard decision to make. Yeah, well, you know, we lost our we lost our internet and we lost phone service and we lost power. When the power went out, that's when I decided it's time to go. We were prepared and ready to go from the second they gave us the warning order. So, you know, we we 
we toughed it out, you know, for a little bit. And, you know, uh, when the power went out, we decided that's it. It sounds like you've been a part of the community for so long. What has living in the Tahoe community meant to you, especially right now? You said it yourself in the in that in the sentence that you just said, and the and the key word was community. At the end of the day, we are all in this together. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. You know, we all get up in the morning, we all go to bed at night, and we are in this together. Now we're like any other town. We're a resort town, and we cater to the tourists, and we we love it when the tourists come up and spend money and everything, and we like to have our quiet time, and we we're you know. We're just like any other town. Like I said, you know, we have our conflicts. We have our uh, little patent places and everything else. But at the end of the day, we are all one community and we will stand together through this entire process, just like we did with the Angora fire. And how will the community come together? What do you think is going to be critical in the in the weeks to come as there's still so much uncertainty ahead? Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. And once they let us back into our houses, we'll do an assessment and we'll start going out and doing defensible spaces on the houses that do not have the defensible space. We cannot become complacent. We still need to maintain a defensible space around our house, and we need to focus on that and helping the community get back together. Now, when the Angora fire hit, uh, some friends of mine and I, I wasn't the only one. There was quite a few of us that put together a, uh, an impromptu barbecue, and in one day, we raised 19000 $750 in cash to help our friends and neighbors in the Angora fire area. And that's what we are going to do again. We're going to do another one to uh, help everybody. I'm so glad to hear your optimism. I feel like that's something we all could use right now. One thing I'm wondering, you know, the past couple of years, there's been these huge fire seasons. And even if you're not directly affected by the flames, the air quality has been so hard. And it seems just like the quality of living has changed. Could you imagine living anywhere else other than Tahoe? No. No. We have a saying up here. You know, we're too broke to stay and too poor to leave. You know, and, you know, when I first got up here, I bartended for, uh, well, uh, about 23 years up here. And so, you know, a lot of people, when they travel and they want to do things, they have a bucket list and everything. They want to travel and they want to, you know, go see the world. And up here in Tahoe, we are fortunate because the world comes to us. So, I mean, as a bartender, you know, I got to travel the world and listen to people. And I feel like I've been everywhere just from the people that come up here. So as far as like a bucket list, and there's, I'm not the only one. There's a lot of us up here that think that way. And as far as a bucket list goes, we're at the end of the bucket. This is it. I'm at the top of the handles, man. I'm at the handles. I don't want to go anywhere else. I can't imagine living anywhere else. Well, Kenny, I am so glad to hear that your your house is still standing. And I, I Boy, loving howdy, me too. Hearing, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm loving hearing the optimism you have for your community. And I know this is a time of uncertainty, but thank you so much for sharing your experience Not a problem. With me. And I'm just hoping, you know, that this, this optimism that I have, you know, just travels out there. And I know there's a, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't want to, they always want to look at the negative thing, you know, but you know what, they have a saying, you know, if you can look at the world as, you know, your glass is half empty or it's half full. And I just say that if your glass is half full, just fill it up. Mm. There you go. <laughs> I like that, Kenny. Thank you so much. I like that wisdom. Okay. Well, thank you. 
Kenny Kurtzweiler is a resident of Tahoe's Christmas Valley community. I'd like to thank him and my other guest, Mary, for speaking with me about what it's been like to evacuate Tahoe this week. For ongoing Chronicle coverage of the Caldor Fire and other fires around the state, visit sfchronicle.com slash wildfires. Be sure to also check out our up-to-date interactive fire tracker at sfchronicle.com slash fire map. Thanks to King Kaufman for his help producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening.